You have wondered what you would be able to do if you were the ultimate version of you, right? You would then have an easy time creating what you want, and yes, effortlessly enjoying life too. Now, you may know this already, the influence you have over your reality is far beyond what you've been told. Soon, you realize that your outer world is merely a mirror of your inner world, and we're here to connect the dots for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to God Mode. We will disclose powerful cheat codes for those of you who know you're ready to win or win bigger and to be the ultimate you because it's time. Presented by Upgrade, we are programmers of the human mind. And if you're here listening carefully, we will show you how to rewrite your codes that govern your reality. Till now, these cheat codes have been only offered to those who are privileged to be within the inner circle of the true masters. Now, enter God Mode. And welcome back to God Mode. What's going on, guys? Good to see you guys. You too. Yes. Today, last time we said we were going to talk about feedback and the secrets to giving feedback to people in a way that it's not only heard, there's no walls, but it's received, and it feels like it maybe it was their idea. Yeah, and on this episode, we're going to give uh, some skill sets about it because it's about what you don't know about what you don't know, right? And figuring that process out, you're going to have some skill sets that will allow you to do it. Because sometimes we'll continuously like, oh, this person's not hearing me or I'm not hearing them right. Maybe you need to try something different. Maybe you need to get a different skill set behind it. Yeah, it's, uh, I think, important to know um, that you can also help them begin to exhi exhibit behaviors that are beneficial to them. So instead of just giving feedback, but you're getting the response you want. Because communication is the response you get, not what you say, right? My wife and I have this funny conversation sometimes i'll be like oh i said this and she's like no you didn't and then the question is like did i say it or did i not say it i mean the truth is i could have said it and she didn't hear it but then if we're measuring whether i say it or not that's not even the point who cares what actually is the point is did i communicate because if she didn't hear it then i didn't communicate i'm sure you're not the only one who have you and your wife are not like singular <laughs> yeah. with that kind of conversation Everyone's like either. same <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, th I think that, you know, it happens very, I would say it's a normal thing that happens within human conversations and communication, right? And then imagine taking that a step further into when you give feedback. How often do you give feedback and people didn't hear you? Or didn't understand or didn't, you didn't get the response you want. And you're like, oh, that person, right? But have you considered what if it's the person who's giving the feedback didn't give the feedback in a way that actually sticks? So I think this episode will not only be beneficial to those who are experiencing um, an environment that maybe you want to improve. Maybe you're feeling like your environment is not where you want, or you're, you're experiencing a relationship or a work environment or personal environment that is just weighing down on you yeah a lot of people experience this during the last couple of years having to be home a lot i think that people had sometimes have frictions in fact a lot of times right because they don't know how to communicate in such a way that gets their feedback across not to mention sometimes we get feedback because of our of our own personal biases 
on things, right? But that being said, um, it's, it's important to understand that to experience harmony and peace and alignment within an environment, the better we are, not only at being flexible in our communication, but in understanding how to suggest ideas that are beneficial, that are win-win, that will stick, that's, I think, one of the most important skills that I think majority of humans lack. Yeah, and to get to that point, you have to ascend past your own personal biases of how you're interpreting feedback. Um, The communication is the response you get has been a challenging model for me to accept over the years. I think I had to integrate the two of there is no failure, only feedback right after it. Because the more I could have that interpretation right after it, it became much easier to realize this is just data. It's my data. And it's based on my projection right now, my internal feelings and how I'm putting myself out there to the world. Now, there is some people, how they perceive it, what's going on in their personal world, so many different factors. But all that is data and how I can interpret it. And if I can have this no failure, only feedback coming back to me, I can have a ascend, ascend with that information. Now, there are certain skill sets that we teach in Upgrade to pick up on the data faster, to know certain cues. That gives you a little bit of an edge, right? To communicate faster, to get results faster too. We're big on results here. We've talked about this many times. So why is that important? Because, hey, if it's all data and if it's all feedback, wouldn't you not want some skills now to get you better results faster? Yeah, you would. Let's get real specific, yeah? I, th- I think that uh, a lot of people over the years... Um, I mean, I've been married for seven years now. Um, in the beginning, I remember people saying like, you know, brace yourself. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? They're like, like, war? <laughs> like, what are you saying? I remember when I was just getting married, people were giving me all kinds of advice because some of these people have been married for 10, 20, 30 plus years. And people like, brace yourself because after all these decades, I still don't understand my wife, so don't expect to understand her. Did you say that? Or, or they'll say, men will never understand women. Yeah. Or know how to communicate. Like, you can never get across. Just, just agree to disagree or, or, or settle for, you know, she's always right or he's always right or whatever, right? Now, it's not about gender here. What it's really about is the individual's lack of taking responsibility to understand the other party. Hmm. They're simply choosing to ignore all of the data pieces, all of the cues that the other human beings are giving, you know, the other person is giving you in the relationship so that they can do what they want. Unconsciously, right? They can continue to be who they are instead of becoming more aligned. So really, I think it's a lazy approach to relationship to not understand the other person. To, to justify that, oh, I didn't get across because they won't take it. Yeah. Right? Some of our most successful clients who are couples have, when they've taken that responsibility and realize, oh, I wasn't unappreciating nor understanding nor taking responsibility for my language, my communication, Therefore, how could I understand my partner, right? Yes. And our successful clients who are couples, once they really get past that laziness, right, they learn, they get the skills, 
like our relationships have never been better. We have a couple clients, Jen and Matt Rhodes. There's a podcast episode with them talking about it specifically on there. Once we took responsibility for our own communication, our business took off, our relationship took off, everything in our lives took off. It's amazing. Oh man, my parents are great examples. I remember over the years, my mother would say he's always so negative about opportunities. Now, keep in mind, language don't describe, but defines and begins to form reality, right? So if my mom says he's always so negative, over time, imagine if you grew up all your life, you're told you're negative. You probably would think and believe you're negative and therefore act accordingly. Now imagine for 30 years, my dad's been told he's negative about business opportunities. Naturally, he would be, right? So I had to help my mother change that behavior to, hey, what if you suggest in your language and say what you want instead of what you don't like that you're observing? Because what you, the past does not equal the future. You can actually begin to form your words differently and your words will form reality differently. So my mother began to describe him differently and I would also do the same, right? It's very important for children as well. Like if any of you have children, if you're like, hey, stop doing this, blah, 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 right? Stop running. I remember as a kid, I remember going to school, teachers would be like, stop running. You can't run on the playground. I'm like, what's playground for, right? And then they're like, you're going to scrape your knee. All, all of us are safe and healthy, right? Our knees are good. Goodness. And I remember scraping my knee. And they're like, see, I told you. Don't drive sleepy. Don't drive drunk. The signs you see. Don't text and drive. Yeah, yeah, give me a break. Wow, right. Pink elephant. It's the pink elephant concept. This whole notion is hilarious because it's like, I think part of it is it might stem from a fundamental uh, misevaluation at how powerful the words we say are. You know, it's like we're not properly weighing it. We're saying, I'm just throwing words out and just like, it might work, it might not, I might mean it, someone can take it literally. When I grew up, and my mom is the most wonderful person in the world and I love her so much, but she would always, she frequently said as I grew up, oh, you've just, you've always just been such an angry kid. Yeah, really. Right? you guys know me, like that seems kind of crazy. Mm. But like as a little kid, like two, three, I would eat a lot of like artificial foods. And so some of those would trigger in my diet. Like apparently I had kind of like a, like a reaction, like it was this artificial stuff and you can actually look it up. There's actually a lot, red 40, a lot of these artificial dyes, they do affect uh, the, some of the moods and the behaviors and patterns in, in kids developing children. And so it would, I think as a little kid, I would like, and then I had my sister come into my life and I'm like three years old. And my mom says that she came home from the hospital with my sister. I, Gave her a hug, the new baby. And then I said, so when is she going back? And my mom's like, oh, you've just, you've always had it out. You've always been mad that you were replaced, right? Creating these patterns. And those things compounded over years. You were always such an angry little kid. And so it was a moment when I think in like, like middle school or high school, I was like, I don't feel like an angry person. I actually feel like a pretty happy person. Like for the most part, like I, I like music and Man, thank goodness music. you woke up from it. I know. Well, and it's like, I didn't realize that it was something and I had to wake up from, I just like, I was almost like, I, I didn't, I didn't identify with that, but I was like, yeah, you always say that. So maybe it was a thing in the past, but that's not me now. If my mom had grown up, always said, you know, men in our family, they just, they don't grow beards. Then if I had bought into that long enough, I would think that either 
it's going to be an anomaly because I trust my mom as my caretaker, my provider, my amazing mom. I'm either going to trust that implicitly. And then if a beard sprouts, it's an anomaly. I'm rare. Or I'm going to buy into that and I might reduce the probability of that. I don't know the mind-body correlation. I can't give you numbers, but I know it exists in the same way that I know that hereditarily, and we talked about this in several podcasts ago, my dad's side of the family has always had a propensity for bad backs, for backs that are not strong. And I rejected that suggestion before I even understood that there's a tangible result. I was just, I guess I would call it more of like a hope. Like I'm hoping that by rejecting this suggestion, it changes. Now I know it does. And so I would say I am the first person in my family to have a strong back. My mind insists on it. And then I'm doing my part physically to go to the gym and reinforce that, right? If anyone saw you in Europe and the backpack you were carrying oh the whole gosh, time, dude. yeah, you got strong back, bro. Yeah, that's a camera gear for someone. <laughs> That's why you cho chose the camera profession. Yeah, I was like, I'll reinforce I'm it. I'm going to make my back lenses. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> and they're precious. Yeah. So something to think about is that the truth is so many people mind read other people. Meaning we think other people are thinking some things and then somehow we conjure up these images in our minds and voices in our mind and we're like, that's reality. Like I remember I used to get home and you know, my mother is amazing too. And I, I know that she, I mean, she doesn't understand this podcast in English. So I'm just, it's okay. Fair. Right. I'm going to tell my mom the, listens. Hi mom. So <laughs> until we uh, get translated. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And that's good. I mean, like she is amazing. And one thing that I did notice that she's changed over the years, cause I, I've been also helping her with that and she's done it herself. She's done the work herself. But I remember when I was younger, she would say, so-and-so said this, that must mean that they are about, they're thinking about this, and they're, they're disgracing, you know, they're in their mind, they're, they're thinking us in such a disgraceful way, they're talking about this, they're saying this, they must be thinking this, they are disrespecting us. Wow. I'm like, how'd you get that, mom? They looked at you like, they, they probably had a twitch in their eye, that's all, and said like something that has nothing to do with anything. And you think all of that, you made up a story. It's probably a novel worth of stories in your mind. Wow. My mother got, got brain tumors, like had brain surgeries three times. Um, I, over the years, wonder, does the stress that she induces in herself from mind reading other people, information that are not actually, doesn't have anything to do with reality, but the images and the sound and the stories she makes up in her mind about what other people are thinking based on limited data of words and, and, and visuals and nonverbal communications. I wonder, right, what's the correlation? Look, I'm not gonna say that caused anything. What I am gonna say is, Sure, there, you know, the doctor said there were some hormonal imbalances and other things. Um, sure, all of those things could be the case. I am, I am here to say, though, there was a lot of emotional stress being around her because she was constantly focusing on what are the potential negative things that are going on in other people's minds about her. Now think about how many people, this is a great metaphor, because think about how many humans out there, because I used to do that, but to a smaller degree, I would be like, oh man, I said this thing to a girl in school, she must be thinking this way about me, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. 
people do that still, right? I mean, a lot of people do that. What's that doing in, in their mind? And if they're improperly reading other people's minds and they're creating, they're creating a story in their mind about how unjust, how unequal, or how terrible their world is, that's just going to cause more problem for them. Well, and where do you get the data? Like, what are the odds? What are the odds that it's actually about, you know, let's say in that context, it was about your mom. Not, probably very little. I think most people are living their own lives and kind of thinking the same thing. Many people, right? Not most of them, but like there's a decent amount where like if anything occurs, we're kind of looking for, uh, there's that sort of, there's that, that notion in the human brain where you're trying to solve and filter for something and you're identifying where it may correlate to you. And it could be a survival mechanism, right? And so you are looking for those patterns. But man, I remember just being so in my head in the past as like a kid, like if someone was like laughing over, I'm like, oh my gosh, they must be laughing at me for some reason. I must have done something awkward, right? Like I was a homeschooled kid. And so now I'm at like, I go to university for the first time. I've never been to a high school or a middle school. And so I'm like passing people. I'm all in my head and just super anxious about everything in the past. And so it was like, you, you attribute these things. And it's like, I guarantee you, like, 99 times out of 100 if anything seems like it's kind of directed towards you or it's like somebody's like thinking or it's probably not you know there's this whole galileo moment where it's like you're not the center of the universe but you can be the center of your universe so if you are taking those feedback signals you can find a way to benefit yourself from it like you can find a way to interpret every one of those things as a benefit like oh like made that person that patched maybe they, they twitched something in their eye like hmm I wonder if that was a sign to me to make sure that I get enough sunlight today because you could just as easily create a narrative about it being not beneficial. And then it could have those long-term like compounding neurological problems. If you have a filter for it, why not twist it and spin it in the best way possible? Right. And here's two things about what you just said, right? One is if someone is interpreting something 99 out of a hundred times, um, inaccurately, they're probably suffering. They're probably experiencing a lot of pain. However, um, if they learn certain skills to, to be able to read other people better, and, and our trainings literally offer that ability for you to be able to read other people's not only conscious verbal communication, but unconscious verbal, unconscious nonverbal communications, and also understanding their patterns, right? And, and what's important to them, what they believe, and all those things. When you are able to actually accurately understand other people with that framework, then 99 out of 100 times, you're going to find yourself reading people with appropriate feedback that are useful, data-driven, essentially, right? Um, another thing is, Brady's right. If you're thinking negatively, it's probably very, 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 very unnecessary. Did I say enough, Eric? <laughs> I think you did. Yeah. Um, you know, see, I, I used to have a friend um, and still a friend. Um, this friend in college was really brilliant. And um, I remember he had this insane level of confidence. Like, I mean, like insane. And, and some people would say he's delusional. But like, it's beautiful to watch. Because he legitimately believed that. Here's what happens. And, and it's not like in a self-absorbed way. It's in a beautifully kind, very kind and considerate and, and just like a wonderful human type of way. He would be like walking down the road 
I had observed him. I remember watching him. He walked down the road, and if there's anyone looking at him in any way, if it's a girl looking at him, and and like maybe there's a smile because sometimes you smile at strangers and it's nice. Um, he's like, oh man, just love it when girls just love me. They just like think I'm so beautiful, and I think they're beautiful too. What a wonderful day. And that's literally what they say. What he they says. Gotta be around. And and then like if a guy smiles at him, he's like, you know, we probably are brothers, like you know, from another mother. Like it, it, you think he's joking. He's not. He's like. This guy probably, we could probably be best friends. I, I just like his vibe. I don't even know him. He's smiling at me, you know, and he smiles back. It's just like so friendly. And, and then like he goes into a crowd, you know, he's like, oh, I just love this crowd. I don't even know these people. But like, I just feel this good energy. And then like everyone else could be like depressed in the room and be like uh, not feeling any vibe. He's like, I just, I just appreciate these people. And he genuinely says that and things like that. Calvin. Like half the people at Upgrade, frankly. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I can't specifically tell you who it is, but like this gentleman was really inspiring to watch and observe. And it's not like in, a, in an overtly like, oh, let me show you how I think and how the world's so positive. Not like that. He's genuinely, appropriately, and, and, and very, I would say naturally, feeling this, this peace about how other people are. And how he just feels love for other people. And, and he's confident. Not in like a, once again, not in like a, uh, let me show off or pretend. But it's like, oh, I legitimately believe these people love me. And not necessarily does, does it have to be romantic. It, it, like in, when it comes to, you know, the kind of people that he liked or whatever. But, but had to do with just how he views himself. So when it comes to taking feedback, the single most important attribute to have is self-love. Because when you have self-love, giving feedback, having feedback, receiving feedback, it's that much easier. If you don't have self-love, any feedback given to you will be exaggerated sometimes or diminished or ignored. It's, it's not appropriately scaled in the mind and received in the mind because the person lacking self-love will project this filter of unworthiness. So when someone gets a feedback, they're like, oh, that's personal, man. That's, that hurts. Like, no, I told you about the toothpaste that you're using. There's nothing to do with personal stuff. I'm just like, that toothpaste is not the best. You could use something, I mean, something like silly like that, right? Someone could take it personally. Yeah. I also think what in the, okay. all right, so the self-love, right? Yeah. That can be challenging because people are like, oh, of course, I, I want to love myself more, right? Well, you don't understand what I'm going through type thing. Like, you don't know what I'm dealing with type thing. So, like, how would I love myself more? Well, we're all experiencing challenges. Every human being has experienced some challenge, right? In our trainings, though, we give you some specific tools and some skills so you can enhance your self-love. What is a challenge, though? A challenge is something that you perceive as challenging in the, in the moment, right? Like you might be going through a struggle or a hardship as you perceive it, right? So if they're perceiving it to be a challenge and then they, you know, have this framework like, oh, I'm stuck in this moment and that's why I can't give myself self-love. Yeah, I think that is a good word, a challenge, because I'm not saying we don't have challenges, but challenge is a word. Like if we, it, it's, it's like, 
the the word challenge is literally just a word, but we attach meanings to it, right? But everyone has different meanings that attach them, different yeah. cause and effects. But the effects of what's attached to the challenge, do we attach the effects effects of I can have an easy time, this is a, a moment of growth, or do we attach, oh, this is suffering, can't handle this. Well, it's that's a level a tough of year. flexibility that you can learn as well to it. Definitely. Right? I mean, I, I think when we're interpreting feedback, that's what the trainings is teaching us because we can have the feedback, as you're saying with the challenges, what are you attaching to the word challenge? Because if I'm coming in and I'm like, oh, I just have this model in my world that every time I get feedback, that just enhances this belief that I don't love myself or enhances this belief that I can't do X, Y, and Z. That's where you need some, you need the training. You need a, a specific skill set to get past that. Or like the word challenge, like an athlete or a boxer would hear the word challenge and be like, oh, heck yeah, I want to solve for that. And some people might attribute it as, oh, it's this uphill thing. It's this tough hurdle, so and such. But if you've been good at solving and power throughing, powering through challenges, that's like a, oh, like heck yeah, like you're a puzzle solver, you know, it's, it's completely subjective, I guess, in, in that context, right? I think there's a good way to, to address challenge because a lot of people, like, you're right, right? People might be like, you don't know what I'm going through. Let me say this. Um, you guys, I mean, no one knows what we're going through, right? No one knows what someone else is going through. That's not the point. The point is the operating system. Think of it this way. In the operating system, in, in, let's say in engineering, yeah? Um, let's say we take an old operating system and install it in a new computer. Would it be a challenging thing to try to install modern applications in a really old op operating system. Absolutely. Extremely. Not compatible oftentimes, right? They, they, if they're, you know, if the software is backward compatible, possibly, possibly. But the codes are not written for an old operating system. Throttled. The modern day challenges are not written for an old human operating system. People experiencing challenges is not like, woe is me, oh man, life is tough. It's not that, you know, somebody's punishing you. Not necessarily any of that. Look, it could be. However, in our opinion, it's the operating system not being upgraded, not being updated, right? Not running an up-to-date operating system. Anything could be a challenge. Can be. Except if they're not leveraging the power of their own mind, if they're not unlocking their true potential, they'll never know. Yeah. They'll keep thinking it is a challenge. They'll be like, oh, see? See, I told you, right? Well, have you unlocked the true power of your mind yet? Yeah, one cannot do that without the proper operating system because we could put a old operating system in a really old, you know, computer, I mean, really new computer, right? An old operating system on a new computer it's not going to be ready for new challenges, even though the new computer's awesome. Yeah. I feel like in so many different aspects and anything in our life, many people understand that when they get a new update to something. Heck, just even an oil change to your car. You can look at it as in that analogy, like, oh, I got oil changed, car's running better now, right? It's something so basic. So we do understand that by putting in something new and upgrading it, we'll get a better results. Have that same belief with your mindset. Hey, you may be running an outdated mindset. All good. You can upgrade that. It's interesting too, because it's not just, it's in the considerations and the things you hadn't considered, the good things, but also 
if you run a new OS, a new operating system, what they don't tend to tell you is all of the things that you're now being shielded from, which is super interesting because, you know, everyone's got smartphones, everyone's got computers for the most part. And so there's a whole community that wants to exploit that and to try and take advantage of that. And the equivalent in arc analogy would be someone wasting your time or leading you down a path that's just not effective or something that doesn't benefit you, right? And there's a lot of that that sometimes we can encounter if we're not up to date and we might toil and we might have to struggle with things like a virus in a computer system, something that's like, oh, it's deleting all my files, like something that we're all shielded from and well. But as we continue to update our way of perceiving the world and as we look at the world in a newer way, we'll find new opportunities they come easily and effortlessly to us and to people that are finding this podcast that are like looking for that next tier. They're like, I'm waking up. I'm finding my consciousness is like, I'm finding new groups of people, new people that are seeing the world the way that I do different from people that before that didn't even notice the things that I'm seeing now. And so those people are also updating their opportunities while increasingly shielding themselves from viruses, from things that don't serve them, from things that could like pull them and like just not go great. And really that's kind of our whole focus is the things that do go well. I mean, even in our, the whole point to our conversation today is like, what is your feedback telling you? And so we, as people here in the podcast, we're so specific about the language that we use. I don't want to say things will go, like, you don't want things to go bad. I'm presupposing that things will go bad. You don't want things to go not great. I want them to go great. Those are those nuances that I know that everyone hears and they comment on it. We see that people talk about it. I'm like, why do they talk like that? There's a freaking reason, you know? Say, yeah, say it the way you want it to happen. Say it the way you want it. Yeah, you know, something, <clears throat> something I've noticed over the years is that um, humans have a funny tendency of focusing on what they don't want. So if there's a feedback given to them that matches that, it could trigger them. Mm -hmm. Right? Unfortunately, it's not so funny because they'll project and be like, oh, this person's only, as you said, they're focusing, someone over there is just focusing on what they don't want. But then that person who's trying to combat with them is also focusing on what they don't want. Yeah. So now you got combative of people both focusing on what they don't want rather than the outcome of what they do want. So it's like, this is no longer funny. It's like, you guys just need to get more skills. That's four <laughs> times worse. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody chill. <laughs> yeah. One of the best things that one can do to give feedback is to drop into an agreement frame which focuses on what you want. For example, let's say, you know, using um, an, like, you know, like an example with my mother, once again, let's say I want her to, um, to be more positive. Let's just say that, yeah? And, and be more positive with her language and with the way she talks about my father. Instead of saying, mom, you're so negative. You can never see, uh, you know, the things that dad can do, you're always picking up the wrong, you know, you're always picking wrongs with him. You're always saying that he's negative. I'm essentially perpetuating the problem. Reminding, it's like reminding an addict, don't think about doing the thing that you're addicted to, but please don't think about it. Don't, 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 don't think about it. Right? It's like, don't think of a pink elephant. Please don't think about a pink elephant standing in a blue tree. Don't, whatever you do, don't think about that. Yeah, don't think about pink, pink elephant. A really hairy one that just farted. It stinks, right? I mean, look, you, you, you have to think about it when I ask you not to think about it. Because in order to not think about it, you have to think about it. Negation doesn't work when it comes to visually. You have to replace the image. Yeah? 
it's not actually very easy to resist not thinking of a pink elephant when I ask you to don't think of a pink elephant, right? See, same thing. If I tell my mother, don't talk to my dad so negatively because you're just going to keep the problem going and he's going to get more negative and he's going to get more negative and even worse and worse, that's just going to happen. You never listen to me. You never see me from where I'm coming. Da, 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 da. And it's funny because we try and what we're doing is we are trying to, I think some people, I know in the past I did this, you're trying to describe what you see is happening right now. You're trying to paint this as like, look, I'm trying to capture this. I'm encapsulating it in this moment, right? And, and maybe I don't like that. And so I'm trying to illustrate that to you. And so it's like when we do that, it strikes people as like kind of a, like a rational, generally accepted thing to do because you're trying to, you're finally saying something about it. Well, that's good. That's step one. How do you want it to be? And it's almost like there's an emotional charge, which is we talked about is feedback. If it's signaling something to you, you know, you're, you may be wrapped up in that moment. Someone could be, but also consider even faster than what do you want instead? Because if you want to, I've noticed, I love how you describe this, the, the second part to it, you know, where you talk about, well, uh, I've noticed that you've been a lot more supportive of dad lately. You know? Can you describe how you would then start to reframe each one of these things? Because the way you Yeah, yeah. I, I hate it when I watch YouTube videos that are just like, hey, here's the problem. Here's another problem. Here's another problem. Here's another problem. See you later. Right? <laughs> like, I'm like, Thanks. what? Thanks for pointing out all the things and not tell us the solution, right? And um, humans do that a lot. So here, here's the solution. I turn to my mother. I would say, hey, look, mom, noticing, I'm noticing lately you've been more and more positive. Like your words are more appreciative. In fact, full of love. And, and of course, I have to say it in a state of love as I give this feedback. Because the person listening cannot actualize what I do not believe to be true and or do not experience. So if I want her to feel love, I want to be in a state of love and I want to communicate. My words need to align with my states. That's going to be maximal output. So then I'm like, hey, you know, I noticed the way you speak to dad lately. It's, it's changed to a, a very positive frame. It's, I don't know what it is. Is it that you've become more appreciative? I know that you've always appreciated him. Uh, appreciated him. Is it just that lately you've decided to speak more positively about it? Or is it that, you know, your relationships are improving? And that, you know, you guys are even kinder than ever before. And that the love you have towards each other is now at a peak state of respectfulness and and just I mean I don't know it's just no, it's just lovely to watch you two interact. Wow! If I were to say it like that, she'd be like, "Yeah, you know, son, you're right. I'm uh, I feel good, you know. And and what is there to not appreciate your, about your dad? You know, he's worked so hard and done this and this. I'm like, you know." Think about the good life you're going to have together because she's about to turn her focus on all the sacrifice they've made and all the pain they've endured. I would pull her back and say, think about all the good life you're about to experience. In fact, next year, I'd like to invite you on a cruise. How much food are you going to eat? Yeah, what kind of exercise are you going to do on the boat? To, to you know, you know what, what kind of fun are you going to do? Right? What, what, what kind of shopping trips are you going to do on these islands or whatever. So I would turn her focus onto something positive. 
and, and behaviors that I want. See, so many parents do the same thing. They, they tell their kids, don't do this, don't do this, don't yell, don't run, don't you know, mess up, don't jump, don't do this. And I'm like, every time I hear it, I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I'll be that socially, you know, funny person to be like, you know, you're telling him to jump by the language you use, right? But I'll just say it here in the podcast. <laughs> then they'll come across it later. Yeah. So think about it, right? If you're like, don't jump, they're thinking, hmm, jumping. Oh, man, I've done, I've done that just to be that socially awkward person. Oh, my gosh. I just want to see. I'm trying to get feedback, too. I want to see the reaction and be like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, don't think of a pink elephant. And then they'll be like, what? Yeah. Dude, I'm we, trying to get the feedback. I want to see it as well because it is... When someone does, that's why we hired Michael. Yeah, he's the feedback giver. He is. <laughs> I might be a little blunt with my feedback sometimes. It's good. I, I get it. It's perfect. That's why we it's literally. Right. <laughs> I want to see the feedback though, because when someone does get that connection, though, it's a great feeling to actually see them truly understand that, right? And I've had the reason I bring that up because I had such a good conversation with someone in just in an Uber ride, and he was like, he was saying things to his kids and everything like that. He was already saying how he was talking to his kids. And I correct him on the language. Then I brought up how in aviation school, they never tell, they never teach a pilot to think like that. They don't think of the negative. They don't say, hey, don't look over there. There's a, mirror, there's a mountain over there. Don't fly that way. They always tell the pilot, hey, keep focused, uh, incoming object approaching, right? So keep focused right here in the straightaway. So if they're teaching a pilot to think like that, why would you not teach our children to think like that? Yeah. And same thing in racing school. They, they taught us, if you want to turn over there, turn your head over there first. You focus on where you want to turn. If you keep looking over there and you're trying to turn over here, that's not going to work. In such a fast response time, the human mind will go where you focus on. Same thing in communication, what we do daily. It seems like stakes are less high, so it's okay to focus on what we don't want. State, these stakes actually stack on each other and compound over time. So if someone wants to, they, if they say, I don't want to live a sucky life, over time, if they <laughs> keep talking that way, they're going to live a sucky life. And it starts, you know, I think at the beginning of like, uh, for a lot of people, they're just kind of raised and surrounded by language that plays out this way. And it's really noticeable when, let's take Max as an example, your son, he went to, the school, right? That whole story that we told a little while ago where he wasn't, he was like running a temperature, wasn't feeling good. But then the nurse over the phone, she's saying, he's got a fever. He's got a fever. Said it three times. And Max, who's being raised by you with this new framework is saying, I think I'm starting to feel better. And it was like, I'm healing. Just, I'm healing. Said, yeah. You know, and, but here's, and then, <laughs> and it's not even a new framework to him, right? Cause to him, it's that's like, that's is. how he is. Well, and it was funny. So we had dinner at your house the other night and, and obviously like he's, he's brilliant, but he's also like a little boy. And so he's super excited. He's got guests over and he's sitting next to me and he's all like happy about it. And he's got food in his mouth and he's kind of like being playful. Cause I love that kid. We've been buddies for a long time. Right. And so he's kind of like, how can I get a rise? So he starts like kind of spitting like little rice at me. And I caught myself right then. I was like, Max, don't spit, you know? And then I realized, oh my gosh, I'm doing it. <laughs> and then I said, Max, can you focus on keeping the food in your mouth? And he because <laughs> he's a little kid little kids do that sort of thing but if he's conditioned early on to focus on the thing 
I was like, I'm like sitting there going, am I about to get more riced? Like, I don't know. Like there's a 50 50 here and it just, it worked. And I, it was so cute. And you guys, are, you guys are like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was like, no, no, I needed that case study. That was amazing. <laughs> That's cool. That's yeah. a great observation. Yeah. 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 They do what you ask them to do. The, the word don't or not does not actually do anything. Yeah. yeah. And we, we can use that as a mirror, right? We can use this story of Max as your son as a mirror for us all to learn from. Where are in our lives, are we using that too often where we're actually focused on things we don't want rather than the things we do want? And that's the feedback that we can get back to ourselves. Oh, man. You know, we got to say this too. Like, I mean, we live in, uh, I mean, within our group and our social, social circles and the, the entire structure of um, upgrade and the people that come to us, we have a very wonderful in terms of community and, and people using very specific language because we've trained them and they, they have been diligent. One thing I've noticed is that as I step out into um, outside of the upgrade community, sometimes I'll hear people say certain things, right? And we all do daily. And um, I have to say this, this is, this is actually rather interesting because um, sometimes I forget how people are so bought into what they don't want wow. and how much they obsess over it. Now, here's something that needs to be brought up is that the reason people are obsessed over what they don't want and they have so much energy focused on it is because their mind is wanting to give them feedback on resolving it so they can move on with their focus but they do not learn from it. Therefore, they stay in focusing on what they don't want. So for example, someone, let's say they're like, I don't want to lose money. The feedback could be improve your skills, improve your mind, uh, up-level who you are so that you couldn't lose money. In fact, you, you either make more money or make even more money. But because they're so focused on not losing money, they keep getting the feedback of losing money. And they're not actually decoding and deciphering and understanding what the actual feedback is, which is to increase their skills, improve their relationships, work on things that truly matter. They're stuck in that old feedback loop instead of advancing and ascending to a place where that no longer becomes a concern. Yeah. So I think that with this episode, one of the most important takeaway um, takeaways is that if you could choose to change your focus, if you haven't gotten into our 21 day focus challenge, jump back in, jump in, jump in for the first time, how, whatever, jump in for the hundredth time, jump in and really go for it. And if you have done that, I would say definitely take advantage of our 12 week program, the self coaching program. Here's why we help you eliminate the actual issues behind negative thinking so that you can give and receive feedback in the most positive, flexible mindset. Because all feedback is, is a way to help us evolve and advance. So imagine every time you get feedback, you actually are thankful. Imagine if every time someone else you give feedback to, they're thankful. That frame can only occur if you're in that mindset and also if you have the skills linguistically. So I would say that if you guys have the opportunity to jump in, definitely do that. And if you've done those already, feel free to reach out to our team for more advanced trainings. It's lovely to see you guys. Link's we'll talk, in the description, talk soon. Yeah, link in the description. Take care.